Talks, a chat with Finance Malta, is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa MacDonald. Welcome. Welcome to another in the podcast series, FinTalks from Finance Malta, which is a bit of an uh, an opportunity to try and hear some insights from people who are already in the market here in financial services in Malta. Today, I'm really chuffed to be with the CEO of Gamma Capital Markets, Jessica Kurmi. The company has been here since 2012, so she's already got quite a lot of experience that she is very happy to share with us. Jessica, there are so many jurisdictions out there and they're all competing for exactly the same thing, for funds to be registered here. Why would people choose Malta? First of all, I would like to thank you, Vanessa, for having me on this uh, podcast. So Malta has become a popular destination for fund uh, managers in recent years, mainly due to its attractive tax regime, um, regulatory framework, experienced workforce, and uh, also the presence of several reputable service providers. If I had to elaborate a bit more on, on this, Malta offers a highly advantageous tax regime where licensed funds are generally exempt from Malta's income and capital gains as long as they fall within the tax um, bracket and classified as a non-prescribed fund, which implies that a fund should hold less than 85% of its assets in Malta and also it is not classified as a prescribed fund by the Commissioner of Inland Revenue. If this is the case, so the fund is actually classified as a non-prescribed, then there are a number of exemptions which we should take into consideration. Like for, for instance, that there is no tax on the net asset value um, or for the scheme, no withholding tax for dividends paid to non-residents, no tax on capital gains when you sell shares, and uh, also, apart from, from this, um, so apart from the tax aspect, there are other benefits which, in my opinion, should also be taken into consideration. For example, lower operational costs for licensed funds when compared to other EU jurisdictions, access to European markets, given that funds can be passported within the EU, and also we have different fund structures available with different investment strategies including a broad range of investment products. In fact, I think this is one of the, the key things to remember, that you know, there's not just only one type of fund, there are different types of funds. Is Malta actually got a competitive advantage for all the different types? What are the different types? Okay, so basically, um, if I had to summarize and give you a brief uh, overview, so funds in Malta are usually set up as investment companies, so limited liability companies with variable uh, share capital, which we normally refer to as the CCAV. As I already mentioned, Malta offers a wide range of this, these fund uh, structures, including USITs, AIFs, NAIFs, and also PIFs. Obviously, depending on your license, um, investment managers can actually assist their investors or clients set up their own uh, um, fund structure depending on, depending on their needs. So if I had to go into a bit more detail on each fund structure, I would start by the alternative investment fund, which in my opinion is one of the island's favourite fund fund structures. So um, Maltese AIFs can be managed either by a third party, so an, an authorised um, AFM, or they can be self-managed, assuming that the AIF complies with the AFMD directive. 
So apes can be either licensed or or notified. Um, having said having said this, and keeping pace with the new Luxembourg uh, rape regime, the MFSA introduced in the second quarter of 2016 a new investment fund framework, which is the, the notified AFES. Such NAFES are managed by the authorized full AFE manager, and despite being still regulated and marketed under the AFMD regime, um, they will not need to be licensed by the MFSA, nor will they be subject to ongoing um, regulation. So for a licensed AFE, the due diligence is done by the MFSA, um, whereas for a notified AFE, the manager will step in the shoes of the authority, basically. Um, I think the main advantage is the short time to market, because within 10 business days from the date of uh, filing the complete notification pack, the MFSA will proceed to include the AFE um, in the list of notified AFEs. Apart from this, there are other advantages. Um, for, for instance, no prior authorization by the MFSA, it is not licensed vehicle but managed by an authorized AFIM. Investors are fully protected within the AFMD regime and they still benefit from the AFM marketing passporting, given that they can be passported within the EU. Just to conclude on, on NAFES, um, for, for NAFES you require to have a custodian and um, and the depository based in Malta. Moving on to PIFs, PIFs are collective investment schemes designed for professional and high net wealth investors with certain degree of, uh, of expertise and, and knowledge in their, in their respective positions. So PIFs is more of a homegrown product governed by, by, by the MFSA, subject to lighter, obviously, regulation than if we had to compare them to uses, for example. These uh, underlying assets vary from transferable securities, private equity, um, and immovable property. Um, if I had to mention main advantage for, for this type of fund is the lack of, of restrictions on the investment and the swift approval uh, process. There are no requirements um, as opposed to NAFES, so there are no requirements to have uh, a custodian um, for uh, for PIFs and they can also be self-managed. So a fully scoped AFM manager can actually manage um, a self-managed PIF. On the other hand, um, UCITs are investment funds constituted in the European Union um, which can operate through, uh, throughout all, all the countries within the EU. Therefore, a UCIT fund can be obtained in Malta and based on specific notification process can be marketed across all, all member states. It is primarily targeted to uh, retail clients, um, ensuring high investor protection over here. So we're dealing with, with, uh, with full protection for, for investors. In fact, typically it has daily liquidity, so investors can actually buy and sell on any, on any working day. So, in a nutshell, just to um, close off on, on, uh, on this uh, question, the main differences are, are based between the different uh, fund structures are based on the regulatory framework, the investor eligibility, investment strategy, liquidity and also marketing. So you've touched on an awful uh, number of important points, one of which, of course, is that Malta is part of the EU and therefore benefits from all of the, the freedoms that that has. You've talked about the MFSA, the Malta Financial Services Authority, which is the regulator in Malta. And you've also touched on a lot of the things that people require 
depending on which particular fund they go for. Um, how do you find the regulator? I mean, are there, is it difficult to, to, to get approval? Does it take a long time? You said 10-day turnaround, but I presume yeah, that for, that for is... Eight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, it sounds the, terrific, but is that, is that the, the yeah. full aspect of it? Yes, so basically, again, it depends which fund um, uh, you're going to, to opt on. But launching a fund in Malta involves, obviously, compliance with, with, with the MFSA, as, as we've just mentioned. So once you have identified the, the uh, legal fund structure and appointed a licensed uh, investment manager, the requirements include submitting the detailed application to, to the authority, basically. The following step would be drafting the, the offering documents, including investment strategy, risk risk factors. Which, which they would have to do where in exactly. any jurisdiction, basically. Yes. Exactly. This and isn't unique to Malta. Relevant, relevant information. Over here, obviously, these documents will also uh, in them stipulate the appointed custodian and, and administrator. Obviously, throughout this process, due diligence should be conducted on all service mm. providers, including directors, shareholders, um, irrespective of whether you're actually launching an AIF or, 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 or an AIF. You mentioned things like custodians, administrators and so on. Um, when we were first talking about sort of why Malta, uh, this, you know, this was a, also part of that question. Are there these kind of services available in Malta? It's no use having your own network. Yes. There are ancillary services that you require. Do you find yes. that they're available on the island? Yes, there are, but I believe that uh, we, we still need uh, more, more, uh, more uh, custodians and, and uh, in fact... Uh, Chicken and egg situation, more exactly. funds will attract more custodians. Exactly, yeah. exactly. In fact, recently there was um, discussions of having the possibility to have a custodian not based in Malta. So uh, yes, it's it's one. So basically, they look. I mean, it's a it's 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 a topic which is already being discussed. Yes. Very yes. good. Um, one of the things that obviously is extremely important. You've mentioned the tax, but that's only one aspect of the actual costs of setting up a fund in Malta. What? How else? Do, how? Sorry. How do the other costs compare? And what other costs would there be okay, involved? Okay. So um, the cost for uh, launching a fund in Malta will vary depending on the size and complexity of of the fund. Obviously, that's why it is very important that you set up the fund according to your needs. Uh, costs will also vary depending on the underlying assets, whether the instruments are listed or or or, un, or unlisted. So whether you're dealing with private equity. Trading volume, the frequency of the NAV will, will also make a difference, whether it's an open-ended or closed-ended, so all this will make a difference um, in, in the cost for the fund. Apart from the investment management fee, obviously the typical costs involve uh, legal costs, regulatory, admin, the custody, compliance, AML, etc. So but it's, act it's actually wonderful to know, I mean, from just from the podcasts I've done, how many firms there are that have actually got specialised people with, with very, you know, real expertise and experience in these particular fields already. Yes. So it's, it's made a huge difference over the last decade. Yes. Yeah. So we've gone through quite a lot about um, what is involved with actually setting up a fund and so on, but is there anything else that you can give us with regards to the processes? Because obviously this is where a lot of people yes. are, uh, can be taken aback when they, they're actually there and trying to do it. Yes, so if I had to explain the process in, in a nutshell, I would say that during the initial discussions it is very important 
that one will understand the type of investors, the marketing that is, that is needed, who will be the founder shareholders of the fund, the investment strategy. And there are also questions which I believe that they are very, very important to be, to be uh, answered. Like for example, will the fund be a self-managed fund or it will be managed by, by a third party? Does the investment manager need to establish a dedicated investment committee? Will the valuation function be done in-house or whether there will be an external, an external valuation uh, um, uh, officer? All these questions will help the investment manager obviously understand the needs of the client. The second step I would say would be identifying the key features of the fund. So uh, the number of sub-funds in the CCAV, whether it's closed-ended, the number of uh, the days of subscriptions and redemption valuation, they so important features in order to set up the fund. Once all this is confirmed and it is clear for the investment manager, then you can move on to introduce the service providers. For, for instance, board of directors, depositories, administrators, okay, so all the counterparties that we've, that we've already mentioned. And this is where all the due diligence will also kick, kick in. Then there will be the incorporation of, um, with the Malta Business Registry and the preparation of the main documents which we already mentioned, so the drafting, all the offering supplements and all the agreements within the same counterparties that I, that I already mentioned. All this, uh, once all this has been uh, completed, then you can move on to set up the, the initial board meeting. And the timing of the board meeting will, will depend on whether the fund is a notified AIF or a licensed scheme. Because, for example, for a licensed scheme, you will need to wait for the principle from the MFSA. Upon director's approval, you will be submitting all the documents to, uh, to the authority. And again, over here, if it is a notified AIF, it will take roughly 10 days, and if it is a license scheme, it will uh, be assessed by the authority. The, um, following this, all the offering documents will be dated and the agreements basically will be signed. So as a final step, the fund will go into IOP and, uh, for, for, for a period of time, and uh, as soon as there is enough subscriptions into, into the fund, then the fund will actually launch. So that's pretty much it as a as a summary for, for the full process. One of the things that people can also do is determine which kind of structure they want, and they don't necessarily have to have their own structure. They can also have plug-in solutions. Yes. What are the pros and cons of each? Well, it all depends on whether you're after a cost-effective solution or whether you need more control over the fund. Obviously, if you opt for a plug-in solution, you will be sharing CCAF costs within other with other sub funds in the same structure or in the same CCAF. However, the entire fund structure would have already been determined. So the board of directors and all the members would have already been, been, been set. So over there you'll have less control if, if, if you know what I mean. So that's the main difference, whether you're after a cost effective or, or uh, so there's not a better and worse, it depends entirely what yes, you want. And that's Fantastic. why it's important to ask all these questions that I've already mentioned to identify exactly the needs of, uh, of the client. So you've gone through all of this, you've set up your fund, and then what happens? What are the challenges of actually managing a fund in Malta? Because, of course, registering it and having it here is just uh, launching it, it's just the first step. Correct. Um, so managing a fund in Malta involves uh, addressing regulatory and 
see our listeners rolling their eyes going, oh yes. no, now comes the bad news. <laughs> Remaining competitive uh, in, the, in the fund management industry requires uh, differentiation, innovation, and the ability to offer uh, attractive investment opportunities. Apart from competition and, and regulatory updates, uh, I believe that there are also other, other things which should be taken into consideration. For instance, operation uh, efficiency, so employing efficient uh, um, technology solutions, cyber security also, I would like to, to mention it, so protecting sensitive financial data given the increased risk of cyber threats and also incorporating ESG solutions into investment decisions is also becoming increasingly important as fund managers need to align with evolving ESG standards and, so and, and by what the market wants because I think they actually expect exactly. that uh, you know people will be responsible enough to use their money wisely yes so just to conclude on this point uh, collaborating with local experts and staying informed about uh, the industry development is key to overcome these challenges Jessica thank you so much for your insight I'm sure people will find it extremely interesting thank, thank you very you. much for joining thank us on this FinTalks that's all for today Subscribe now to the Fintalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.